Attention Northwest Arkansas businesses and talent seekers. Introducing OnboardNWA.com, your hyperlocal job board crafted for our unique community. Struggling to find the perfect match for your job openings? Onboard NWA simplifies the hiring process, connecting you with the region's top talent through tailored talent matching solutions. Whether you're an employer seeking expertise or a professional looking for your next opportunity, Onboard NWA is here for you. Discover more at OnboardNWA.com and let's build the future of Northwest Arkansas together. Hello, Northwest Arkansas. Randy here, bringing you a quick word from our sponsor, Signature Bank of Arkansas. Since 2005, Signature Bank has been all about empowering our community with local ownership and top-notch banking services. Signature Bank's roots run deep with assets over a billion dollars, and they're right here in your backyard with branches in Bentonville, Rogers, Springdale, Fayetteville, and now including Harrison and Jonesboro. With a growing family of more than 200 teammates, they're ready to serve you with the warmth only a true community bank can offer. And they've got Banco C, the first bilingual bank in Arkansas, to ensure that banking is for everyone. So give Signature Bank a call at 479-684-3700 or visit Signature.Bank online. Mention you heard about them on the I Am Northwest Arkansas podcast for that personal touch. Signature Bank of Arkansas, big on assets, local at heart, and a proud member of the FDIC and an equal housing lender. It's time for another episode of I Am Northwest Arkansas, the podcast covering the intersection of business, culture, entrepreneurship, and life in general here in the Ozarks. Whether you are considering a move to this area or trying to learn more about the place you call home, we've got something special for you. Here's our host, Randy Wilburn. Hey folks, and welcome to another episode of I Am Northwest Arkansas. I'm your host, Randy Wilburn, and I am here today with Kyle Kellums, who is the news director at KUAF, which is our public radio station right here in Fayetteville, Arkansas. They have a 100,000-watt antenna. They broadcast to almost 600,000 people in far-reaching areas, several counties here in northwest Arkansas, several counties in Oklahoma, some parts of uh, southwest Missouri, and uh, they're doing some amazing things. And for those of you that have to get your NPR fix on a regular basis, this is the station to listen to. But um, definitely, uh, I I said, you know, I got to get in front of Kyle and one of our other 
previous guest, David Johnson, who is the um, head librarian and the guy that runs everything at the fantastic Fayetteville Public Library, made the introduction for me and was kind enough to convince Kyle that he needed to sit down with me and have a conversation and share some things. So today is that day. And I'm here right now with Kyle Kellums, and um, I just wanted to uh, to bring him on the show. So Kyle, how are you doing today? I'm doing fine. Thank you. Uh, thanks for asking. No one had to convince me. They said, hey, someone wants to talk. That's what I do. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, so why don't you just kind of give us a little bit of, of your journey? And, and you know, honestly, uh, audience that, the, the audience that's listening now, you have to understand that I, I, I sit, came in, I sat down across the desk from Kyle. He's got a great setup here. I'm kind of jealous. I have a little podcast envy because he's got some great mics set up. He's got mic stands. Um, he has he has everything that anyone that creates any type of audio would dream of having in their office, but he has it all here. And so uh, I'm a bit enamored by that. But suffice it to say that I, I just think it's really cool that, that they're, they're doing some really amazing things here. And a lot of you guys are familiar with Ozarks at Large and some of the other great programs that come out of this particular radio station and then, of course, all the national programs. But But before we get into that, um, Kyle, I would love for you to tell people how you ended up here. And I mean, you, I know you you started at the U of A. You're, you're a really young looking guy, but you started at the U of A in 1981. But why don't you tell your story and, and just kind of give our audience a little bit of a of a clear understanding of who Kyle Kellums is? Well, I think it starts with the acknowledgement that I am a person of few talents. I've only been in radio since uh, high school. Um Started working at KTLO in Mountain Home. I'm a graduate of Mountain Home High School. And it was before there was automation in radio. So if you were going to be on the air, you had to have a live person. So they would always have two or three high school students who were interested in radio. I was fortunate enough to be hired. Thought this is kind of what I wanted to do. Came to the university. Studied broadcast journalism. KUAF at that time was a 10-watt student-run station. And I started here. Worked here Till I left college in 86 and uh, went back to Mountain Home for a couple of years, worked at Kix 104 as news director in Fayetteville for a year, and then on August 1st, 1989, came back to KUAF. So I've done nothing but radio. <laughs> My, I've, I got in trouble uh, often in school for talking, and I did have one teacher that said, you can't turn talking into a living. Except, <laughs> I could. <laughs> well, yeah. Now, as as for those of you that don't have the benefit of video, I'm looking at at Kyle and and I'm I'm kind of you know thinking about that. I, I'm a talker too. I used to get in trouble in school all the time, and I could not stop talking. So this is almost the perfect profession uh, and perfect hobby for me to 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 put myself put some headphones on and, and get in front of a mic and just start talking. So uh it is something that I, I thoroughly enjoy. But but you have you have been doing this at a high level for some time and and I think you've seen a, a lot of changes in the industry from from a radio from terrestrial radio. And a lot of people that are listening to this podcast might not even listen to the radio. So what what do you, what are how are you dealing with that change in in the demographics of of the listener? That's a great question and and you know that is probably a question that I have with someone in the building every working day of the year. Um 
you know, a lot of the changes have been beneficial to us. When I started, if you edited an interview, it was the interview was on reel to reel, and you made the edits with a razor blade and tape, and you got one or two chances. With digital editing, you can play and play and play. So the technology has really benefited us. Um, I think podcasting represents that fracturing of 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 the audience. If you only want to know podcasts about the NBA, you can spend all day listening to podcasts about the NBA. If you only want to know about model trains, you can do that. And so I think the attention – not the attention spans really, but just the um, the diversion. I mean Ozarks at Large is really that old model, that, that sort of omnibus model that you'll hear about news and music and art. And we still hope that's a big enough net to catch some of the people some of the time. Um, but but trying to deal with how people listen, how they spend their time, we're all busier, and there's so many more options. Yeah. I mean, when I was growing up, I don't know how old you are, but when I was growing up, you got one, two, or three channels. And that's what you did at night. You, you, know, you, you might have listened to the radio. You might have watched one or two, three channels, but that was it. We were all kind of having the conversation. I might not have watched Kojak. But I knew Kojak was a homicide detective, and you could have that common conversation. It's getting harder and harder to have those common conversations now. And I don't think we have completely figured out how to deal with it other than our mantra at KUAF and Ozarks at Large, and I think public radio writ large, is our audience isn't a certain age or a certain gender. It's the curious. And if you're curious and you're 80 or you're curious and you're 18, we have a good chance of speaking to you. Yeah, I mean you you um <clears throat> you put it very well and I think I think I keep reminding myself that you can't be all things to all people. And you know, that was in creating this particular podcast, the idea for me was I I thought, man, I wanted to catch the widest audience possible, but then I also said, you know what? I want to educate people that aren't from here that might want to learn about here. And with 55 plus people a day moving to Northwest Arkansas, the 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 numbers say that we're going to be at about 850,000 people in 2040. That's a huge increase. So I figured out what better way than to try to share that information. But to get back to your point, I think that quality um, content and and the focus on putting out a really good product can help in that process. What do you think about that? That's that is the key. So if if I can go to Netflix or Hulu or Xbox or any number of podcasts or YouTube or, you know, through TuneIn, listen to any live sports broadcast from around the world, if I have all those options, I'm not going to stick around for something that doesn't have high quality or high interest. And I think you can get by with pretty good on one and really good on the other. I mean, if it's interesting, I'm going to stick around. And if it's well done, I'm going to stick around. And I, when I say I, I'm talking for the listener. Uh, but you've, yeah, you've got to have something that is truly interesting. And I think, I think to that respect, it helps that you and I are thinking about wide nets. Because I think the curious listener, let's say you were doing one on coffee roasting. I hear that and go, well, I drink coffee, but I'm not a coffee. My, my, my palate isn't that. 
But if it's with someone interesting and you're asking interesting questions, I stick around. So I think that's it. I think asking interesting questions and listening to the person you're talking to, that's the key. Yeah, and I think, you know, and we were talking about how people um, listen to that station, WIFM, what's in it for me, right? Because we, we all do. It's just the way that we're wired. Um, I think it's important to understand that if you're creating content that you want to create contact content that is engaging and you want to figure out a way, especially even when I do these interviews of trying to make the, connect the dots for people. So that even, like you say, coffee roasting, that might not be for everyone. And I'm actually working on getting the folks from um, the coffee shop uh, Onyx, Mm -hmm. which actually I didn't realize this. But for those of you that don't realize it and you've been going to Onyx coffee shop, they're all over the place now. I mean, they're huge. And, you know, they're a responsible coffee roaster that gets their beans from responsible farms. And, I mean, it's just they have a really impressive system. And, again, they're just one example of all the great things that are happening here in in northwest Arkansas. And so, I, you know, and I'm going to switch gears just quickly with you because, I mean, again, I don't want to beat a dead horse. But how do you guys keep up with all of the amazing things happening in this area? Here's to do a daily show, I think, is to surrender to defeat because I don't think we do. I mean, I'll see something and I'll think, why didn't we have that or why didn't we know that? Not that I'm mad at us, but you you can't. And I haven't come to grips with that yet. So, you know, you can make a checklist at, at the start of the day and what do you get done and what do you don't. And I think there there's a healthy way to look at it. It's like, look at all that I accomplished. Look at all the checks I got. I'm still struggling with, look what I didn't check off. I love the fact that there's so much going on in Northwest Arkansas. I intellectually understand that doing six shows a week with five people, you can't get everything. But it is a, it's kind of a, a, a stress-inducing um, endeavor to try to get it all. So we, I don't think we keep up enough, but we do probably – Almost as best we can. But there's a FOMO that's involved with doing a show like this. Uh, It's tough. But it's a good problem to have. Yeah, I agree 100%. And, and, you know, in a former life, I spent some time at – at ABC News and and talk about FOMO. I mean, nobody at the at the network level wanted to miss out on anything. And so nowadays with everything being accessible to you and I at our fingertips in our in our phone, it's hard now cuz you're competing with everything and everyone. And so I you know, I mean, it's just there's always some new opportunities for you to reach people, but then you're thinking, man, if I reach this group, I might miss out on that group and if I reach that group, then I might miss out on this group. So it's it's a constant challenge. Yeah, and, and a conversation that I've had with the other folks that work on Ozarks is the we're neither fish nor fowl. I mean, we can't be a show of record. We can't have every news story that exists. It's just impossible because we don't just report, we write, we edit. We're the ones who put it on the web. We're the ones who do the Facebook and Twitter feeds. We're the ones who do the promos. So you can't get everything. If you think about the responsibility of the listeners, I used to be much more um, at ease with that because there were four daily newspapers here. And, well, we didn't get the city council or what they did with zoning or or this about some environmental regulation at the state level because there are four newspapers. Readership is down just because of the way things have have transpired 
And so now we feel more of a, a responsibility. Like there isn't a clearinghouse. I mean, I still get the newspaper. I go to the end of my driveway every, every day and get the Democrat Gazette. So I'm still a, a, a newspaper reader. But so we're not a show of record. We can't do every news story. We want to get as much of the culture as we can. But there are so many different facets of the culture. You just can't get it all. And and somewhere, you know, you could – here's the circle of everything that's going on. Here's the circle of what we get. It's hard to be happy with the, the concentric circles that overlie and not be looking at the edges. What did we not get? And, and the responsibility you feel for what you do and for the listeners, both to educate or, or tell people what's going on, and then the voices that aren't getting heard. And uh, it's the sort of thing that literally keeps me awake at night. So what do you do? And I'm just curious, how do you marry <clears throat> the content that you get from NPR National mm-hmm. with all the content that's here locally? How do you kind of reconcile those two? And, and, and what is your thought process with, man, I want I want to I want to, you know, do, do you do you look to sometimes compliment or do you look more so to provide some contrast to what we're hearing from NPR at, at a national level? When the show went daily uh, in was this nineteen in twenty ten, when the show went daily, um, we decided we're devoting I don't know how many hours a day to NPR news to national and international news. You got Morning Edition, and now you got One A here and now. All things considered, they'll cover the national stuff and international stuff. There's enough going on here that let's talk about what's happening here. Sometimes that overlaps. You can't have the world's largest retailer, the world's largest business, and not overlap. You can't have the world's largest uh, protein producer and not overlap. Research at the university, authors and scholars and musicians that are nationally and internationally known that come here. So there is some overlapping. But we don't do stories that primarily have a national or international focus if they don't have a hook here. We have one hour a day, six days a week to do that. Let's concentrate on Northwest Arkansas, Eastern Oklahoma, and Southern Missouri. No, that makes sense, and and like you said, I mean that is the 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 consternation and the the what what keeps any news director or anyone that's that's operating in in your capacity up at night to to make sure that they are putting out relevant content. I mean, and that's just that's constantly the struggle. And you know, I'm <clears throat> I'm just curious to know what what do you where do you see things going i mean there have been so many changes and before we started recording we started talking about just the impact that podcasting has had on terrestrial radio but where where do you see things headed in the near future with how we disseminate this news and information and and how people ultimately receive it my guess is that we'll become all of us more and more specialized so if you're interested in the environment, not that it's the only thing you may pay attention to, but if you're incredibly concerned about the environment, you will seek out, I think, more and more often news sources that are mostly, if not exclusively, about the environment. If you are concerned about the economy, I mean, pick your topic. I think because those avenues exist and because if you're more concerned about the environment, you may not stick around – you may not be interested in – you know, um, literature or or something like that, I think we'll become more and more specialized. I don't think we all will, but I think we'll lose the shared experience. 
one thing that concerns me is how we as a population continue to know what is appropriate, appropriately source news and what isn't. Media literacy, I think, there's so many, right? You, we don't learn financial literacy in school. There are so many other things we don't learn. But media literacy is becoming so important. And I think it's our tendency as as, as human beings to gravitate towards the news sources we think we'll hear things that we agree with and not be challenged by. And I think that's dangerous, no matter where you are on the political spectrum. Yeah, we, we are we are we are in the age of fake news and are in the age of, of uh, and I, I don't I mean, I've never seen, I mean, working in the news industry. I don't I don't think I've ever seen it the way that it is now. And it's constantly a challenge. I think, you know, it's important for people. Uh, I read a statistic somewhere where 59 percent of the people, college graduates, after they graduate from college, never read another book again. <laughs> And so you talk about media literacy. I'm talking about literacy, period. I mean, it's like, come on, we got to start opening books. Let's crack the spine of a book and read it. And I think we need to encourage people to to get back to that. And, and you know, we are some of our heroes need to be people that are that are that are found in books that are found in good literature, because that that stokes the fires of of ideas. And and and, it, and it's what drives civilization, I believe. And I and I, I also believe that the spoken word is just as important. And that's why I, I see that that the growth of podcasting coupled with um, some type of creative way to continue to define what terrestrial radio is and make it validate it for the widest audience possible, I think is is important. I, I absolutely agree. And I think one of the dangers if we do become too specialized is that then you don't – there's not a lot of surprise anymore. When I was growing up, if you listened to what would have been called a pop music station at the time, you might have heard uh, – can you tell I grew up in the South? Might have heard. <laughs> <laughs> you might have heard um, Sinatra backed up by Let It Be, followed by Grand Funk Railroad, followed by Al Green. It was all there. I don't think that radio station exists anymore. Certainly not one that plays current music. You may find an oldie station that has something like that. I think we lose something by that. If you tune in and you only want to hear one kind of music and you're only exposed to one kind of music, it's not just that you're not hearing other kinds of music, but I think you're not then being connected to who made that music, who else is listening to that music. And I I could talk about this for hours. We're losing a shared experience. Now, the flip side of that is when I grew up and there were only three channels and there was only, uh, you know, a pop music station – the demographics of who owned those and controlled the message looked incredibly similar. So there was a lot that wasn't being shared. There were a lot of stories and a lot of information. That's one of the great things about the fracturing is that anybody can get into this and you can – we hear from other people that just aren't people who – well, what I have become, a fifty mid-50s white guy. So I miss the shared experience but understand – that the shared experience was never truly a shared experience. Yeah, you bring up a really good point. And I think that's that's what speaks to one of the great things I think about podcasting is that everybody, A, has a voice. So you listening to this podcast right now, you have a voice whether you like it or not, whether you choose to exercise it or not. But everybody has a voice. And I think podcasting is the great equalizer from that perspective where 
I, I can't afford to have a hundred thousand watt antenna in my backyard, but I can buy a couple hundred dollar digital recorder and a few inexpensive mics and get out there and share with the world, whoever will listen, what I think. And that's essentially what I'm doing with this podcast. But, you know, part of it is just I want to I want to exchange ideas. And that's kind of what we're doing right now. We're exchanging ideas. And I want people to hear from individuals like yourself that have some experience in this area and and, and understand the importance of continuing the dialogue and the conversation, because without it, you know, society as a whole is we're we're lost. And I never want to get into really deep, deep conversations. But I mean, there are a lot of important aspects to why public radio needs to survive, why it needs to thrive, and why it needs to figure out ways to reach the widest audience possible without necessarily niching down and, and becoming one thing to only one group of people. And I think on the national level, NPR's Figuring that out because they still have that broadcast, right, the, the the actual agriculture term of broadcasting where you threw the seeds wide. So you do that with the wide. But then with – they have thrown a lot of energy and resources and brain power and personnel into podcasting. So they have podcasts that are more similar. They have the pop culture happy hour, which is about pop culture. But they have white lies. They have code switch. They have They have one that's just for kids. I can't remember what it's called, but I mean, it's for for families, but it's for so they're figuring that out. Let's continue to have this over the air, broader appeal, but let's get specific if we can on podcasts. If I had unlimited resources and budget, and I, I know I'm not the only I'm not speaking just for myself at KUAF, we would do something like that, too, because there are, you know, what you're doing, what a lot of people are doing with podcasts, uh, I think is vitally important. A healthy diet has vegetables, fruits, grains, right? A healthy intellectual diet would have a broad sort of thing like NPR, but also the podcasts you can find that are more specific. Yeah, no, that that's exactly right. And you, you mentioned Code Switch and, and, and White Lies, which is a new podcast that I'm listening to. And, and, and it's so funny because as I listened to that particular podcast series, it drew me back into some things at NPR that I had put on the shelf a long time ago that I had to dust off and say, oh, I want to listen to that again. And I need to tune in some more. So, you know, I mean, it just they, they all kind of they're interrelated and they work um, and they create a connection that I love because, you know, it just there's just so much great information out there. I wish I mean, I, I don't personally have enough time in the day to listen to all the great stuff no that I want to listen to. So no one does. And and. And you can – what is it? The paralysis of, of choice? Uh, I see this happen if I'm home and my wife is working late or out of town on business or something. I say I go to Netflix or Hulu or something. I end up watching nothing because there are all these squares in front of me. It's like ah, I, I, I would <laughs> – it's weird to say you'd feel guilty, but it's, am I wasting my time by watching this one when I should watch that one? And so I just end up not watching anything. And And I think there is – kind of that unease sometimes when podcasting if if you say i want to try a new one oh i didn't realize there were six hundred thousand. 
Yeah, that that's the case. And, 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 and for right now, I think just to give people perspective, there are about 600,000 plus. There was a huge study that just came out. And I'll actually reference that study in um, this in the show notes, as well as all of the great information that Kyle has shared in this interview in the show notes so that you guys can access it. But there was a study done and there, there are a little over 600,000 podcasts out there in the world, worldwide, not just in the U.S., just period. Now, for perspective. For those of you that watch YouTube and know about YouTube stars like Casey Neistat and all these other people, there are like 700 million YouTube channels. So just to give you some perspective about the difference between the two and, and the, the, growth, the arc of potential growth for podcasting is, is huge. Because, again, everybody has a voice and there's going to be an opportunity to share that voice with the world um, or with your little corner of the world and your little neck of the woods or whatever you want to call it, your community, there's going to be a chance for you to share that. And um, I think it's just important to understand that and figure out how what you want fits into that um, as the listener. What what do you want to hear? And is there somebody out there that has the same idea? And I like, I always like liken this idea. And I was sharing this with somebody earlier today is that, you know, Seth Godin, the great marketer says that we all have a tribe of people. And you, it, some of us find our tribe, some of us don't. But our tribe of people, if you can get to about a thousand people, that's about the extent of it. And but but in in, in impacting that a thousand people, you can change the world. And that's kind of what I'm trying to do with this podcast. I just I just want a thousand people to listen to this podcast and be impacted by even one idea that's shared on it. And if I can do that, you know that's going to be great. And I know that with what you guys do with your programming, you know you're thinking of some of the same principles there behind that because you do want to make a difference in the lives of your listeners. We do. I think that I'm glad you said that out loud because sometimes if I say it out loud, I don't know if it sounds well, maybe self-serving or, or or but it is what we want to do. We would and we realize that things you hear affect you differently. Like something that's about the quality of your drinking water. That's far more important than say, I guess, I mean probably than maybe uh talking to an artist or a writer. But everything we put on, we hope improves people's lives in some way, making them think about something, making them enjoy something. And I don't know if that sounds presumptuous or lofty or I don't know, but it is what is at the basis of this. I'm sure that was part of the basis for you starting this. I mean, you if you're not making if you're not attempting to make something better, then then why do it? I you know, and you mentioned your tribe. And I think one thing that we try to think of is we all have a tribe, but we all have different tribes. And I'm reminded, I, I'm, anyone who knows me, this will not come as a shock. I'm a comic book nerd. So when Endgame came out earlier this year and they announced early tickets, and I don't know if you remember, that Fandango went down and AMC movie theater websites went down. So I had to go to the theater uh, in person and buy an advance ticket. And I remember thinking, how can this be? I mean, how many kids grew up in the 70s reading Marvel comics? And then I got there and I had to get in line at, at the local theater. And I think it's a, it's a bit of an exaggeration to say it was representative of America, but it sure was close. People younger than me, people older than me. 
people that looked like me, people that didn't look like me. It was, it was like, oh, that's right. That person may be politically different than me or whatever, but we were all there for that. Back to the shared experience, I like to think that that we all won't agree on everything we choose to spend our time with, but there are enough concentric circles that overlap that – and that's what I think you're doing with your podcast. I mean Northwest Arkansas is far more than one tribe, right? Absolutely. Yeah, no, it, it goes without saying. And, and I was another person that was online for Endgame. I, I think I, I'm ashamed to say it, but I was at the 1.30 a.m. show the Thursday night that it came out because I was such a fanboy. And, and for those of you, I mean, I'm 50. I, I will be 50 in a couple of weeks. But I um, I can remember buying the Infinity Wars comic book, the actual one. So I remember, I mean, this for me, seeing it on the silver screen and then remember reading it in a comic book so many years ago, it really, it was, it really was drawn home for a lot of you that you just know the MC universe. And you think about the movies. I'm thinking about the actual comic books from which these movies came from. And that's, what's pretty interesting. All right. So you're six years younger than me. So when I was 13, you were seven. I don't know when you started buying comic books. I probably started buying them when I was eight or nine. There's a good chance and bought them for about five or six years that we were buying them at the same time. I grew up in rural Arkansas. You were in New York, New Jersey. Jersey. Mm -hmm. The fact that that connection with those comics was made and those characters resonated so much with a young you and a young me that decades later, you and I on a preview night, are going to see these characters. There's some lesson there. And you can talk about what the Marvel movies have done to the movie business and what they've done to storytelling and what other studios now think they have to do to compete and all that. I'm not saying it's a complete win for storytelling and filmmakers. But there's a lesson to be learned in what we do about what Stan Lee and Jack Kirby and those creators were doing in the 1960s, 70s, and 80s. Yeah, and I, I'm just curious, and I'd love to get your thoughts on this. Do you, do you think that even, I mean, and God rest his soul, he just passed on this past year, but do you think Stan Lee even had an inkling of what this was going to become? I don't think he had an inkling when he was at Timely Comics in the 40s. I doubt he had an inkling when he was helping create Spider-Man and Fantastic Four and the Incredible Hulk. I doubt he had an idea when, you know, Disney bought Marvel and started the whole franchise that's now revolutionized how movies are made. No, I had, I think he had no idea. None. How could he? I mean, I don't think he, he – he was known to have a lot of hubris and be a, a showman, but I doubt he ever thought it could be like that. I think the idea too though with, with Stan, Lee, Stan Lee was that you know he just created – and he just let the chips fall where they may. Now, they fell really well for him. Um, but I think it's important for all of us, uh, you know, using Stan Lee as an example, that you need to get out there and just create something. And, I mean, this conversation has gone in a couple of different areas. <laughs> so clearly we have, as you can see, there's some excitement here on some other topics outside of terrestrial radio and podcasting. But I think it still brings it back to the point of trying to connect ideas with people. And how do you do that? And, and what is the most effective way? Podcasting isn't the only way. Terrestrial radio isn't the only way. But they are vehicles through which people can connect with each other. And I think that's the important piece of this. 
what you do here is a conversation. What we try to do on the air, even, you know, because terrestrial radio is a personal medium. Usually people are listening by themselves or maybe with one other person. But it's a personal connection. And this is the last thing I'll do about Stan Lee and Marvel Comics. But, you know, one of the things that he did very well, he would have Stan's soapbox on the letters page. So he had the comic book, but he was also having a conversation with the reader who he did not write down or talk down to. And I think that's the key. We're having conversations with, with people, with our listeners. You're having conversations with your guests, but also with listeners. And I think it's respect. Yeah. It's respect. It's curiosity. It's, um, it's conversation. It's listening. Yeah, and I also like to call it it's the judgment-free zone because we, we live in a world of judgment nowadays where everybody is, you know, we, we as, 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 as I like to think about, you know, I, I read this book, uh, Braving the Wilderness by Brene Brown. It's an amazing book. And she talked about one of the one of the most important things that we can do is really look into somebody else's face and understand them. And we don't do enough of that because we're so quick to judge individuals. And I think, you know, when you when you create what you create here at KUAF and um, Ozarks at Large and all the stuff that you're, you're, you're trying to create a, a vehicle through which um, you can disseminate great information and great content to the widest audience possible without an agenda, per se, that would taint um, the ability to reach that audience. And I'm doing the same thing with this podcast. But I think that it's important for us to get to that place where we're comfortable sharing information like that. Yeah, and I think one of the one of the big um, – something that is difficult is, okay, yes, it is no judgment. But when should you challenge someone? Say they have an opinion. And, and going back to the fact that more people – that represent a far broader uh, view of our population now have access or are beginning to get access to things. No judgment, but when can you challenge someone on an opinion? Not a fact. I mean, facts are facts. Even in 2019, facts remain facts. But what is the thin line, do you think, between judgment and challenging or calling out somebody who says something or offers up uh, a belief or an opinion that is, you know, um, what's the, what, what? I'm searching for the word an opinion or a, a belief that is um, uh, detrimental to what you think a community or society's values should be. Yeah, and I, th- I think that is that is kind of a magic question there, right? And and I I am constantly struggling with that nowadays, which is one reason why I don't have certain conversations on social media. I have purposefully, and and I have friends that choose to have those conversations and have them that way, and I have purposefully not done that. And I think we could it would serve us all well if we if we drew back some on social to not be so reactionary. Because everybody's entitled to their opinion. And a a lot of times, any viewpoint that I have from your perspective may be in a vacuum unless I'm able to elaborate and share this is what my viewpoint is. And I think we're not, we're not, we don't get the benefit of that through social interaction on so online through Facebook and what have you. And Facebook's the worst uh, out of all of them because we just, you know, we we will say things and to people and just say things in general that we would never say in public. It would never happen. 
And we're so emboldened nowadays. And, and I, I, it's created this false sense of, oh, I can just I can say my piece. And well, no, you can't. And I think you need to really think about the other the other party and how you interact with them. And I think it's I mean, it, we're just I mean, we have the benefit of all this technology. We have the benefit of all these social media outlets. But I think we, we have to figure out and learn how to use them responsibly and how to know what subjects are best left brought online in person versus online. There's a huge difference. And we can all hide behind our Facebook avatar and just post stuff and say what we want to say. But when it comes to getting to the not coming out of the virtual community and getting into, you know, meeting at, at the town square, there are things that you would just never say to people. And, you know, and you have to check yourself because it's like you need to really think about how that will impact somebody else. And I'm constantly thinking about I don't sit around saying, oh, I don't. Hey, you either take it or leave it. It's like, well, OK, here's what I think. And you may take it or leave it, but I'd like to know what you think. And that's what we're missing. We're missing that piece of it. And that's that's the part of the dialogue that we need to get back to. And I think more more that people take time off from social media to have real communication and real talk with real people it, physically in person will I mean, it would serve us. It would serve us a world of good. I I, I agree. I uh, I don't have much optimism that that's going to happen. I think you know one of the things that's really lost is and through either podcast or terrestrial radio or or television the real talk show that would invite people to have conversations um and there are so many topics again i think it goes back to i want again the royal eye we all tend to want to see the talk show that has the guests that we know we'll agree with that make the points we'll agree with and i'm not saying that at the end of a conversation Let's take a topic. Um, I don't know. I just think hearing other people's opinions, you know, be it Confederate statues or gay marriage or should you have plastic bags available at or your local – Or walls being built or plastic bags available or whatever. You can have different opinions and I will think some of them are ones that I don't agree with. But I, I wholeheartedly agree with you. The art of having those sorts of conversations. Let me just hear where you're coming from. But those are hard to have. And I think I think even in person, they're sometimes hard. But I think it's fueled by that reaction that happens on social media, that sort of instant, and I've got to have this opinion ready to go, and I can't listen to you. I mean, we're all guilty of it. I, I agree, and I, I think you know, and I, I try to read up on things before I talk about them. And if it's not something that I completely understand or have really taken time to delve into, I reserve comment because I mean, I, I just, I just don't think I should shoot from the hip, especially not uh, on social issues that impact so many people d in different ways. And so I think that's, you know, we we just need to be more responsible from that matter. And I think as as fellow human beings that share this planet, we need to encourage each other to be more responsible from that perspective because, you know, words hurt, um, you know, th thoughts that are not fully thought out 
can can really impair an individual's ability to understand where other people are coming from. And so I think you need to, you know, you need to sit with your own thoughts and, and collectively do that. And unfortunately, as I looked out on my phone, we're too deep into our technical products and our electronics that we don't, you know, look up for a minute. And I was listening to some podcast the other day where they were talking about, oh, actually, it was uh, Cal Newport who talks about digital minimalism. Mm-hmm. And and it was a story about a man who who, you know, his daughter complained that, you know, daddy, you never you never look at me anymore. All you do is look at your phone, look at your phone. So the, the father said, you know what, I'm going to make a commitment for 30 days. I'm going to put my phone away. When we go to the park, I'm not going to carry my phone. And the man was blown away that he went to the park with his daughter to play with her. And every parent had their head down in the, you know, it, it, there's just that, that default look, you know, they had their head down in their phone. And, you know, that's kind of where we are right now. And, and it's, you know, I think people need to wake up to the fact that there is a there is a big world around us that we need to take need to observe and see what's happening and get out of our phones. And I'm I'm just as guilty as the next one. So I'm not throwing stones in glass houses. I'm I'm part of that problem. I'm just saying I'm and I'm working every day to to correct that. But it's 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 a huge challenge. It's a real issue. It is a real issue. And I think it has to do with the fact that, you know, you don't know what those parents were looking at. They might have been looking at work emails. They might have – and I think that's part of the problem. Now with the communication we have, you can be working 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And I don't think it's anything to take pride in to say that you do that. But sometimes you don't have a choice because of competition. Someone else is out there doing it. We work too much. I'm the first to, to, to be guilty of this. We, we, we put too much of who we are in what we do professionally – I think there is a point where that is very good. You're in. Uh, but, you know, you, you, I'm, I'm all about his digital minimalism. And, but, but then let me give you just this example <laughs> that I saw just a few weeks ago. I was, I was on vacation in Costa Rica. We were at the airport in Liberia, Costa Rica to come home. The flight is canceled. 300 people. They say, line up. We'll get you on the flight tomorrow. We're going to give you hotel vouchers. About a third of the way or halfway through the line, American Airlines says, ah, all the hotel rooms are gone. We don't know what we're going to do. My wife, who's, who's better at it, she gets online and she's looking up other hotels in the region. Well, there was this couple from Washington, D.C. who had decided for their vacation in Costa Rica, they left their cell phones in their car at Reagan International parking lot. They couldn't get a room. <laughs> you know, some people eventually helped them, but it just shows that yeah, digital minimalism is a great goal. But in 2019, it's really tough to achieve. I mean, somehow we used to live without having a phone in our pocket. But now if I leave the house, I think I got to have it. My mom's 87. What if I, you know, what if the neighbors say your house is on fire or something? It's a great goal. I'm trying to get there, but it's tough just with how we've allowed ourselves to become part of this. Man, I could go. We could go yeah. on and on about this. I mean, I, I listen, Kyle. I really appreciate you taking time to just kind of sit down and wax philosophical, if you will, because that's ultimately what we started doing. Now, we, we we were originally talking about KUAF and all the great things that you're doing, and you know, I, I think that um, certainly I want to encourage the audience to tune in to ninety one point three FM and listen to KUAF and 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 check out. Um, 
um, Ozarks at large. And, you know, it, it's, it's along the lines of what we're doing here at um, I Am Northwest Arkansas. It's a podcast about this area. And, and as I say, you know, our podcast is about all the great things happening from business, from culture, from entrepreneurship and life in the Ozarks. And um, I, I just uh, I think we need to continue to encourage everyone, both near and far, to to tune in to what's happening in this area. There's some really unique people. And as I'm finding out every week that that I get to go out and interview great people like Kyle and others that this this area specifically, and I can't speak for any other part of Arkansas, but I, I hear good stories about central Arkansas. I hear great stories about some things that are happening in the Delta. But this part of Arkansas is special. Northwest Arkansas is very special. It's the reason why you've been here for, for as long as you are. Because a lot of people, when they leave college, they don't ever come back. And I, I came back. I went to school in D.C. I came back for a hot minute, but then I left. I was like, I'm, I'm good with that. But but you never left. And so that speaks volumes for, for the special nature of this area. So um, just want to encourage you to keep doing what you're doing. And, and we really, really thank you for, for, for coming on. And the last thing I want to hit you up with, and, and I know this podcast is a little longer than normal, but I, I, I would love, no, that's no problem. I would love for you just to share with you, with the audience, um, what's your, tell us your favorite restaurant and favorite thing to do here in Northwest Arkansas. And I know I'm putting you on the spot. Oh boy. Okay. My favorite Oh, gosh. This is like when you draw the winning ticket out of a raffle bucket. You're not naming one winner. You're naming 999 losers. Um, okay. You can name more than one. Okay. Well, I love Hugo's, which is, right, that's old school, northwest Arkansas. Uh, I have had some great meals at the Preacher's Son. Um, I think any meal that has an Ozark lager accompanying it or the Whizzle from Fossil Cove – I. But if I had to go to one restaurant, boy, I like Farrell's too. There's so many. I, I, all right, I'm going to pick Hugo's as my favorite. Um, I love the Grasshopper Crubs. I love the Derrick Special that they have there. I love Herman's, but I'm a weirdo because I love the ribs at Herman's. Yeah. See, this this could be a three hour podcast. This I is know, I, I I, what was it? Was that just it? The better? Oh, the thing I'd like to do the most is pretty much be on the Razorback Greenway. Running or walking on that. And uh, that's hard to beat. Razorback baseball, Northwest Arkansas Naturals baseball is good. There are a lot of a lot of good things. They are. Yeah. I, I love the Greenway, and I'm really excited about the expansion of the Greenway behind Sweetbriar Park and, and where it's going along crossover there. And for those of you that aren't, aren't aware, that whole part of the Greenway, which backs up off of Joyce and comes across uh, Old Missouri, up through Sweetbriar Park and then along parallel with crossover, it's about to connect with Gully Park. Mm-hmm. So the so there's you're almost going to be able to go in a complete circle from Walker Park through the U of A through all those little areas along Greg, and you're going to be able to come all the way around by Joyce and and come almost full circle, and it's going to end right at the end of the road there at the corner of Mission and Old Wire. And they're probably going to expand it some more at that point. But that's just – that's phenomenal what, what they've been able to do and, and in short short period of time too. So, Yeah, shout out to Matt Mahalovich and all the people at City Hall. I live on Eastwood, which is over behind um, uh, um, Root Elementary. And so we felt like – I mean everyone's got to be the last ones. But it's like the trail, the Greenway has been last to our part 
of the world. So we're incredibly excited over there. That's good. That's awesome. So, well, folks, there you have it. Kyle Kellums, uh, news director here at KUAF 91.3. It's our local NPR channel. You need to check out what they're doing here on the station. If nothing else, you need to subscribe to Ozarks at Large as a podcast. If you don't listen to the show on the radio station itself, I really want to encourage you just to support local radio when and where possible because, again, they can't do it without you. And NPR is a great foundational program and they have wonderful national news. But these guys are doing a yeoman's task right here in our own backyard in northwest Arkansas. So please check out Kyle. Support him any way that you can. If you're over at the Fayetteville Public Library and you're you're you're, you're picking up some books or just dropping things off and you pass by the KUAF station, just wave and say hi to Kyle and I'm sure he would appreciate that. But we uh we thank him so much for for coming on the show and and again we really appreciate all of our listeners. Thank you guys so much for supporting I Am Northwest Arkansas, the podcast. We're over 2,000 downloads in less than two months, and, and it's growing every day. I'm amazed. Every week that we launch uh, and put out a new episode, we we are seeing new listeners, and we really appreciate you. I want you to do two things for me. One, if you can, wherever good podcasts can be found, please subscribe to I Am Northwest Arkansas, and then share it with a friend, because remember, sharing is caring. And secondly, I'd love for you to write a review, if you can, on wherever you listen to this podcast, and let us know what you think about the I Am Northwest Arkansas podcast. We would really appreciate a review. We look forward to your feedback and we want to continue to bring you great content like today's episode. So that's all I have for now. We will definitely see you next week in the coming weeks throughout this summer. We've got some great episodes coming for you. I have some amazing people lined up just like Kyle that I will be interviewing, that I will be spending some time with all for your benefit, folks. So again, I appreciate you guys, the listener. Thank you so much for for tuning in. And um, we will catch you on the backside next week. Remember, our podcast comes out every Monday at noon. I'll see you soon. Peace. We hope you enjoyed this episode of I Am Northwest Arkansas. Check us out each and every week, available anywhere that great podcasts can be found. For show notes or more information on becoming a guest, visit IamNorthwestArkansas.com. We'll see you next week on I Am Northwest Arkansas.